It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. Six thirty, Chad. Friday to you, everybody. The Oilers farm team, the Bakersfield Condors, closing out their regular season this weekend. They will not be in the playoffs. Dylan Simpson has the Condors' goal tonight. They're tied 1-1 with Milwaukee after one. They'll wrap it up in Grand Rapids tomorrow night, keeping you updated on the NHL playoffs. 2-0 Panthers leading uh, the Islanders about four minutes left in the second period. No score, Blackhawks and Blues, man. Don't expect a lot of offense in that series by the looks of it. Predators and Ducks still to come. The Lightning have a 2-1 edge on the Red Wings. That is after two. The Toronto Blue Jays are trailing the Red Sox 4-1 in uh, the bottom of the sixth. The Bentley Generals advance to the Allen Cup final, beating Shelbrooke 3-1 in a semifinal this afternoon. The Toronto Raptors tip off the playoffs tomorrow. 10.30 Edmonton time start. They're home to the Indiana Pacers. FC Edmonton, a draw and a loss so far in the season, will visit the Tampa Bay Rowdies tomorrow. Perhaps one of my favorite nicknames in the world of sports as we bring in Oilers play-by-play voice Jack Michaels. Good evening, Jack. What, you don't have any other scores, Reed? Holy cow, that was a lengthy list. I thought there was nothing going on this time of year. You can always follow, oh, I forgot to mention the Alberta Junior Hockey League final starts tonight. Spruce Grove against Brooks. There you go, one there more. There you go, there you go. <laughs> See, I knew you'd forgotten something. Yes. Uh, how's it going? Okay, you tweeted this picture, and by the way, perfect form. Ed Wernick would be proud. You were curling today? I was curling today. You know, Reed, I know that your ratings take a hit whenever I'm on. No, so no. I thought I'd try to boost them today with... Uh, with a little uh, shot of me doing something I, I certainly could not have envisioned even six years ago at this time, and that was curling. But yeah, I gave it a gave it a whirl today, and even scored a point, I believe. So uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll take it. My team finished two and zero, and we had a good time. It was a lot of fun. I was over at uh, the Savile Center. Now, did you have other uh, Oilers dudes on your team, or or like were you with pros? What was going on? <laughs> no, no, far from it. Uh, <laughs> Far from it. No, it was, uh, a, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a staff function, but no one, uh, no one that you'd necessarily uh, know on my team. But yeah, it was, a, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I had a good time doing it, and uh, you know, I, I, I fully expect. Uh, I guess it would be my outer glutes. Uh, they're <laughs> still firing right now, so I might be a little sore in the morning. Yeah, well, and and as you know, Jack, and look, I I've only curled a couple of times in my in my life, and it's it, it's it's it. I knew it would be hard, but I was like, this is in, incredibly difficult. The crazy thing is, the curlers now, if you watch the Olympics or or you watch the Briar, all of these guys are incredible shape. Like it used to be associated as kind of 
you know, the the pub sport, like darts on ice, right? The guys have the beer bellies and they're uh, chugging pints in between ends. Like the curlers are in, are in an incredible condition now. Yeah, I, w- I mean, I wouldn't necessarily. I would think of it as more, a, you know, a golf thing where maybe full fitness was optional. Um, <laughs> but even the golfers are fitter now. Um, but you still got the odd, you know, Angel Cabrera who's still out there competing and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I had a good time. I, I certainly have, uh, as you know, at times uh, had fun with <laughs> with the perception of curling as a sport rather than an activity. But it, it is. It is a it's it's a physical exercise and it is I mean the people who do it and do it well uh, you certainly have a newfound respect for them once you once you've actually attempted it and the old you know joke coming from the states is well it's shuffleboard on ice and there's a great deal more involved to it so I, I actually had a I had a lot of fun I, I never would have envisioned uh, myself giving it a go but I had a good time today so what's the next sport you're gonna try like high lie polo. I don't know. Well, the other day, I was picking my kids up from school, and there was a cricket game going on. And I was like, holy cow. Like, you know, there's there's still, even after six years, there's the odd eye-opener where you're like, wow, that's, that's certainly a game, uh, you know, you wouldn't necessarily see, you know, in the States. But, uh, but yeah, maybe maybe cricket's my next uh, my, my next. Venture. Well, there's a cricket pitch down in the River Valley here by the Victoria Golf Course that I think gets used fairly regularly. So in the summer. cricket, it's also called a pitch. Uh, like I believe soccer. it. Yes, I believe the correct term is pitch for cricket. Somebody will text me if I'm wrong, but yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, see, I learned another factoid right there. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just filling you in on everything today, Jack. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. Um, you know what? I was talking a little bit about Benoit Pouliot earlier in the show, just sort of riffing on some Oilers stuff. And, and I thought, Jack, you know what? We talked so much about the injuries to the defense and to the centers. We didn't talk as much. Hey, thank you. We didn't talk as, as much about the, uh, the injuries to the down the left. I mean, we often talked about what if all three centers were in the lineup together. And I started thinking to myself, what if all three left wingers after Maroon was acquired were in the lineups together? Because I think Maroon and Pouliot together might have given you a little more flexibility in what, you know, those middle six positions, because obviously Hall would be, you know, your number one left wing. Well, you know, I'm I'm a guy, I, I'm a Benoit Pouliot guy. I, I think he's invaluable for this hockey team, I, and I think he's more valuable than a lot of people in this market, um, you know, maybe even – Maybe in those pretty close to the hockey team, uh, you know, and involved with the hockey team, realize I, I think he's, I think he's an underrated player. I think uh, his his five year, twenty million dollar deal, in in my mind, has been a has been a good contract to this point. He has produced like a four million dollar player, uh, and yeah, you could say, well, this year he he got some help from McDavid. Well, so did Jordan Eberle. I mean, you know, so did some proven NHL guys like Benoit Pouliot. I mean, last year he had 19 goals in 50-some-odd games, and this year uh, he had more goals, more points, a better plus-minus in the same amount of games than a guy like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who everyone in this market would concede is an extremely valuable asset. So, uh, you know, and granted, Nugent Hopkins did not have a good year, but the bottom line is, is I don't think Benoit Pouliot gets a lot of love, um, and I, I don't quite understand why. Uh, yes, he's prone uh, to the you know occasionally um, ill-timed offensive zone penalty, but just as often uh, he creates turnovers 
and, and two-on-one situations going the other way with that extremely long range he's got out there. And now, moving forward with Patrick Maroon in the lineup, you've got one guy who can protect the puck physically and another guy who can turn it over with in, in, a, in a heartbeat, uh, creating two-on-ones going the other way with his, with his long range. I mean, Benoit Pouillat, I think is what, 6'3 or 6'4". With that long stick and his general uh, rangy appearance, I mean, he plays like a 6'9 player out there. He's got an incredibly wide circumference with that stick. So uh, I feel like if he can stay healthy and maybe he gets some sugar time with McDavid next year too, I think this guy can score 25 goals in the league. I'm surprised. uh, Well, I'm not surprised. He's been hurt, and that's, in my opinion, the only reason why he hasn't done it yet in the first two years with Edmonton. If he can stay healthy uh, next year, again, this is a guy, and and most people would disagree with me, but I still think there's some upside for him, even as he moves, you know, I think he's going to be 29. So he's he's getting up there in terms of, well, he's no longer, you know, necessarily that young prospect with upside, but I still think the best years of his career are ahead of him. Yeah, I'm curious to see where he's going to go. And I, I was saying earlier in the show, he has played more in Edmonton by about three minutes per game than his, his career average. I mean, that obviously begs the question, is that because he's played well here or because he's joined a team that hasn't had as deep a roster? So maybe that's a And that's a, fair. Yeah. I, I get that, Reed. There's no question he's gotten a couple of extra minutes than he did other places, but he's produced in those extra minutes. Like, it's not like it's a vacuum of time that's being, you know, gone to waste. I mean, he is produced. He is produced. If you take a look at his numbers, whether you want to prorate him or, or add him up any which way you slice it, he's produced like a $4 million player. And a lot of people were all over that contract. And granted, there's three years left on that deal, but I see moving forward that production going up, not down, especially if he can stay healthy and play more than 58 games in a year. Jack Michaels joining us, play-by-play voice for the Oilers on 630 Ched and the Oilers Radio Network. All right, Jack, I'll, I'll let you get to your Friday started uh, after this next question. Playoffs underway. I'm keeping an eye on Florida and the Islanders here. Uh, 2-0 Panthers with 87 seconds left in the second period. I know Kellen's, I think, watching the Tampa Bay game on the other side of the window. The Ducks are going to start tonight. I'm curious to see how they played. You know that Washington-Anaheim was my preseason pick and my pre-playoff pick. So uh, just early on, anything really strike you or a series that's caught your eye? Well, I think the the thing that struck me thus far is how uh, and we, we kind of made we kind of made fun of it to some degree, or at least a couple of people on the panel yeah, that we that we talked about the series. They said they weren't looking forward to Islanders, Florida, and and again, the the New York Islanders are a fun team to watch. They give up a ton of goals and they score a ton. I don't think they're out of this game by any stretch of the imagination. And I also think that the top half of that bracket. I, I look, there's going to be a team that's ripe for an upset when it comes to finishing the Eastern Conference playoffs because I think that there's going to be more of a physical toll exacted in the top half of the bracket when you've got Washington, Phil. You saw game one the other night. Absolutely, you know, brutal physical affair. The Rangers aren't going to go quietly against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're a team that's like L.A., like Chicago, has been deep in the playoffs for the last three or four years. 
uh, they're going to extend the Penguins, and then the survivor of those two first-round matchups are going to beat each other up. You know, meanwhile, it's it's more free and easy on the bottom half of that bracket with Tampa Bay and Detroit and the Islanders in Florida. We've seen more freewheeling hockey, but that also creates the possibility for the representative of the Eastern Conference to come out of that half of the bracket, which if you were looking at it before the playoffs started, you said, wow, geez, I mean, the, the top half is absolutely loaded. Well, that may be, but it also may work against the survivor of those first two rounds. Yeah, good point, and it, you know it's it's different now. They've gone back to the '80s format where you know you're going to play in the second round rather than the receding. So that makes things interesting too. Jack, I hope your glutes feel better soon, buddy. Have a great weekend. It's always great to have you on the show. Thanks, Reed. Appreciate you having me on. Take care. Right on. That is Jack Michaels, play-by-play voice for your Edmonton Oilers. Interesting comments about Benoit Pouliot. Jack mentioned he's a pretty big believer. And Pouliot's numbers, you know, stack up pretty good for a, a second-line winger-type guy. you got to play the whole season. I mean, injuries can be kind of random, obviously, but, uh, man, it'd be nice to see him in the lineup all season long and obviously a little more consistent. You can always reach Inside Sports by texting 630-630. You can also call 780-496-0063. We're going to be living the dream with Jeremy Behrens from the Huntsville Havoc. It's our regular feature here on Inside Sports. He's coming up in about 15 minutes. Morley Scott will preview the Eskimos show. John Stanton from the running room later on tonight with some running and fitness tips to get you rolling into the spring and the summer. It's 718. We're right You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chen. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight at 721. Reed Wilkins with you, Kellen Kennedy working hard on the other side of the window. Jack Michaels joined us tonight for our Action Furnace Oilers report. Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or it's free. Guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. Kellen Kennedy, you ever resigned from a job? Uh, well, you've quit, yes, I mean, you've yes. quit a job. You've yes, changed yeah, jobs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you ever done it angrily? No. No. Every you've time I've resigned, it's bridges? been... Sorry? You've never burnt bridges? No. No. You've never been, take this job and shove it? No. Nope. Type attitude as you go? Well, here's an interesting story. Uh, I posted on the website, Awful Announcing. They can have some pretty interesting stuff there if you ever look at it. So a guy named Bill Johnson had been the play-by-play announcer for the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee for the last 17 seasons. He resigned uh, by posting this on Instagram. And I'll just uh, read it for you. I've scanned through it. I don't think there's any profanity. I'll skip over it along the way if there is. Here we go. To quote Groucho Marx, hello, I must be going. Before the decision is made for me, I am officially announcing my retirement as the voice of the Milwaukee Panthers men's basketball team. I would say it's taking the last lifeboat off the Titanic, but that would be unfair to the crew of the Titanic. Never have so many competent, talented people been run off by such a talentless group of entitled bureaucrats. No matter how much the coaches, players, and support staff care, they can't overcome incompetent administrators. UWM leads the world in incompetent administrators. I criticize awful athletic directors like, and then he names them, 
It's not their fault. Hell, if they elected me president, I'd take the job. If I suck at it, it's not my fault. I'm not qualified to be president. Should Amanda Braun turn down an AD job just because she's horribly underqualified? Hell no. She's a bad AD and a deplorable human being. But those are the cards she's been dealt. Those in charge of the UW system have failed to hire effective administrators. Failed. It has been my pleasure to work with the wonderful players and coaches for 17 seasons. The players, coaches, parents, and fans have been like my family. I will miss Panthers hoops for the rest of my life. Best of luck to my friends who are still imprisoned at UWM Athletics. Fight on, brothers and sisters. Keep your heads low and make us, crow- uh, make us proud. And then he uh, goes on to thank a, a few more people. So uh, there you go. <laughs> that is a uh, fed-up human being moving yeah. on with his life. Bill Johnson. May, he, may, his, may his resignation Instagram post live in infamy. Yeah, no Man. kidding. Wow. Uh, That's going out hard. I've, I've, I've never been that angry before, and usually it's just been just, am, like, what am well, I going to do? me. Yell at the manager at London Drugs, ah, don't make me stock shelves. Did or, you used to work at yeah. London Drugs? <laughs> <laughs> Long well, time ago. Really, Over 10 years ago now. If so. you had a really incompetent manager at London Drugs, maybe that's how you would have resigned. Oh, yeah, well. That's you could have spelled out your your resignation in tic tacs on the floor. Oh yeah, or holes, cough drops, while. or they probably would have been like, "What do you do?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is uh, that is that is uh, that is a heck of a. I mean, I think my favorite line is. Uh, Amanda Braun is a bad athletic director and a deplorable human being. <laughs> well. Tell us how you really feel. I like the line that he talks about his his friends being imprisoned, being left there yes, or whatever. Yes, exactly. That, oh. <laughs> well, hey, but I will say this for any of you young broadcasters out there. There's a play-by-play job open <laughs> at Wisconsin-Milwaukee basketball. Why don't you send in your demo tape? There you go. What, that, have you, what have you got to lose? That would actually be a fun crowd to do play-by-play for, I would think. People in Wisconsin know their sports. It's you know, not necessarily a pro sports team hotbed, but uh, well, Green you know, Bay Packers. Well, yeah, exactly. Milwaukee Bucks. No, there Milwaukee we go. Brewers. There we go. But you're right. There are some colleges there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, David Wilson tweeting me. He knows his sports. Cricket pitch is the correct term. I was pretty sure about that, but sometimes when I come up things that just pop into my head, I'm not sure if I can trust them or not. You can text us at 630-630 if you have a, an interesting resignation story of your own or one you received. We are going to live the dream with a man who doesn't want to resign from his job in the Southern Professional Hockey League. He grew up in Edson, played at Augustana. Jeremy Behrens is going to join us from the Hunts. Havoc. Yeah, Huntsville, Alabama, home of a professional hockey team. This should be an interesting segment. Coming up next, Inside Sports on 630 Jet. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. 
watching the video of this song? Yes. <laughs> you got the video up, eh? It's it's one of the greatest videos in the 1980s, Barnard. <laughs> I want Robert Palmer's suit. Yeah, that's a nice suit. Yeah. All right. Inside Sports on 6:30, Chet. Hope you have your Friday night tunes ready to go. It's 7:34. Looks like a beautiful day out there, Kellen. Haven't been outside for a while. It's a nice day. What did it hit today? Plus 14 or something? Yep, Not bad. Yep. I think it's going to be warmer tomorrow, isn't it? I should, I should, mm-hmm. I should really start listening to the weather in the Ched newscast. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Usually yeah. that's when I watch hockey or check the internet for stuff. Yep. Uh, and I can tell you, there's been a regulation time goal in the Chicago-St. Louis series. Tarasenko, 40 in the regular season, first of the playoffs. Blues are up one nothing. Four minutes left in the second period. Lightning leading Detroit 3-2 with eight minutes left. The Panthers are up 2-1 on the Islanders. That's through two periods. Riley Smith has his third. Predators and Ducks still to come. The Bakersfield Condors, that's the Oilers' AHL team, second last regular season game, leading Milwaukee 3-1. Five minutes left in the second period. Alberta Junior Hockey League final, game one in Spruce Grove. First period, Brooks leading the Saints 1-0. The Red Sox lead the Blue Jays 5-3, bottom of the seventh. Now, you are up to date, and we will keep you up to date as we move along. It's a luxury, and it's definitely a blessing to be able to play hockey and get paid to do that, so not many people get that opportunity. Inside Sports presents Living the Dream. All right. Love this part of the show. We feature a player from Northern Alberta playing pro hockey in a league other than the NHL. And today, we bring in from the Huntsville Havoc, that's in Huntsville, Alabama, of the Southern Professional Hockey League, Jeremy Behrens. Jeremy, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Not too bad. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for making time for me. Always great to talk to somebody who, like me, grew up along the Yellowhead, west of Edmonton. (laughs) You're an Edson kid, eh? Born, born and raised in Edson, Alberta. Uh, haven't lived there since grade 12. Obviously, I've been uh, here, there, and everywhere playing hockey. So, currently residing in Huntsville, Alabama. Awesome stuff. Now, Edson, don't they have the giant squirrel there? Yes, they do, yeah. I haven't seen the giant squirrel in a few years now, but I believe it's still there. Nice. Every every town's got to have a claim to fame. Um, so, yeah, thanks for making time for us here on, on Living the Dream. And, and you certainly have had an interesting journey through the hockey world. Now, you played in the Alberta Junior League, first of all, to kind of get the, the launch, didn't you? Yep, started out in the, in the AJHL with the Olds Grizzlies. Uh, played a season with Olds. Uh, and then had the opportunity to get traded to Camos Kodiaks and uh, win a championship with them and go all the way to the Doyle Cup, winning the Doyle Cup, and then to the RBC Cup, unfortunately losing in the final. Well, Camrose has had some, some pretty good teams for a long time. So Rebalka, Boris Rebalka was your coach at that time? Yeah, Boris, Boris was the coach at that time, uh, as well as Doug Fleck. Uh, they're still the coaches now, still doing a great job. 
All right, so tell us a little bit about, I'm just looking at your Hockey DB page, so hopefully it's accurate. Did you go to Huntsville and then decide to come back to Alberta to go to school? How did that work? Yeah, after my junior career, I uh, went to Australia and played some summer hockey in Australia, and once that season was over, I still had the itch to play a little more, so I contacted a few teams in the SBHL, and Huntsville was an organization that got back to me and was really interested, so I came down and and it made the team, and I just I realized as a player I was still young. I wasn't quite in the physical condition or the hockey yet, so I decided better to go back to school, get an education, and then try it later on in life. Okay, now hold on here, Jeremy. You played summer hockey in Australia. Was this competitive? Was yeah, this professional? It's, what was it? Uh, it is competitive. It's, it's uh, I guess, considered somewhat semi-professional hockey. Uh, I think more or less guys use it as a, as a vacation kind of getaway, but still play a little hockey themselves as well. Was it all Canadian guys, or, or who, who was playing? No, it's uh, most of it's Australian-based players. Uh, each team's allowed to bring in five or six imports. Uh, those imports come from Canada, the U.S., uh, Europe as well. Um, like I said, each team's only allowed five or six. So um, first, first line, sometimes second line, or usually of American, Canadian, European players, and then the bottom two lines are usually Australian-based players. So what can, could you compare the caliber of hockey to anything that you you played before? I mean, maybe I'm ignorant about how how maybe it's better than I than I think, but I I, I certainly when I think of Australia, hockey's not the first sport that comes to mind. Yeah, for sure. Most people definitely have that thought process. Um, it's definitely competitive. Uh, it's, it's a lot better hockey, I think, than people give it credit for. Um, like I said. Steve Lines are, are really good import players that have played some, some high-level pro anywhere from the East Coast, AHL, NHL. So um, you're definitely playing against some good players. Uh, the Australian base is getting better each year as well. Um, so that, that definitely helps adding purity to the league. But, so it's, it's been a few years since I've played, but I imagine the league is, is getting even better to this day. What was the fan support like there and, the, and sort of the fan interest and knowledge? Yeah, the fan interest and knowledge is actually a lot higher than I expected. Um, I believe in Adelaide, we would average between four to 600 fans a game. Um, smaller barns, not a lot of seating, but when that four 600 are in there, the, the building's packed and the atmosphere is really good. So, yeah, it was, it was a great following there, and it was great to have that kind of support. Jeremy Barron's joining us on Inside Sports. He's our Living the Dream feature this week. He plays in Huntsville, Alabama in the... SPHL, uh, you heard him saying he uh, went to Augustana University, played there. Now uh, he's he's in Huntsville. Tell me a little bit about how, how the season is going for you guys this year, Jeremy. Yeah, the season's been really good. Uh, you know, we've had some ups and downs, faced a little bit of adversity, but uh, headed into the playoffs now against Pensacola and just got to leave what happened throughout the season behind us and start a new season now. What's what's Huntsville, Alabama like, especially as a hockey market? Oh, Huntsville, Alabama is great. I mean, the city's great. Uh, we have lots of fan support, a lot of community support, uh, which definitely helps out our organization. Um, I, I think for sure, with that kind of support that we have around the community, 
uh, really helps to attract players to Huntsville. And I think that's why a lot of players want to come to Huntsville and play. No, it's a little bit of a hockey market, isn't it? Because isn't doesn't it also have the NCAA program there? Uh, yes, it does. UAH, uh, University of Alabama, Huntsville, plays out of the same arena as us. Uh, they're a Division One hockey team as well. So um, they also have quite a bit of following throughout the community in, in Huntsville. Okay, well, that's that's interesting. A nice little niche you've found there. Now, i got to ask you, Jeremy, 2008-2009 with Camrose, 344 penalty minutes in 58 games played. Even in the ACAC, you had three years over 100 penalty minutes. This year, according to my research, you have had 30 fights and you have 275 minutes in 53 games. It, would it be fair to say you have embraced a certain style of hockey? <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that. I mean, uh, my style of play is obviously uh, rough, tough, gritty in your face. Uh, it's kind of my my role has been throughout my hockey career. And, you know, I, I just I enjoy sticking up for my teammates. You know, there's, there's times when actually there's, there's plays that refs don't see, and, you know, you just want to you protect your teammates. So... I uh, definitely don't mind doing it. Embedded uh, over the years, I guess, at it. So, <laughs> have you been suspended this year? Uh, I was suspended one game this year, but it was not for a fight or or anything. I I may have accidentally hit a kid from behind and. So I had to serve one suspension. Okay, I, I I totally understand that it was an accident for sure. What's the uh, how do yeah. the, how how do the fans receive the fighting in Huntsville? Like, would you be one of the more popular guys because you're willing to do that? Uh, I would say my teammates would think so. Um, the fans definitely enjoy the fisticuffs down in the south. So, uh, like I said, I, I just like to protect my teammates and make sure that everybody's accountable on the ice, but. You know, sometimes I like doing it for the fans as well. I, I talked to somebody who follows the SPHL, and he called you the top dog in the league when it comes to that aspect of the game. Are, are you the heavyweight champ right now? Well, you know, I, I don't want to give myself that title. There's a lot of a lot of tough guys in this league, a lot of big guys. So you just know every time you get in a battle with, with one of these big boys or a top dog that, you know, anybody can come out on top. So I'm just uh, I'm grateful that things have gone well this year and, and people are considering me a top dog. I mean, it definitely helps my confidence and, and it, it makes me proud to know that, you know, people recognize when I'm on the ice All right. out there well, protecting my teammates. You're modest about it, so I'm sure people appreciate that. Jeremy, I have a standard question I always ask everybody who is featured in the Living the Dream segment. Um, you know, you're, you're playing in the SPHL. Um, I'm sure, like anybody else, you would love to move up to as, as high a league as you could ever play in. Um, but you're also 28 years old, and I'm going to make the wild assumption that you're probably not making anywhere near the salaries of the players in the NHL, and, and maybe some of the travel and stuff like that uh, isn't, isn't as comfortable as it could be at times. What keeps you going? Why, why do you keep playing? Honestly, just the love of the game. Um, we're not making millions here. Uh, we're just the guys that are playing in these leagues. Obviously, have aspirations to to get to the highest level possible. But I mean, the big thing is the guys are still playing. They love the game, and I think that's the biggest thing for me. I love being around the guys in the room. 
Uh, I love working together with, you know, 20 guys to achieve a common goal, that being a championship, obviously, and just the love of the game. I just still really enjoy playing hockey at 20 years old. Well, Jeremy, thanks for making time for us. Uh, anybody you want to say hi to in Edson or Edmonton? I'd just like to say hello to my family and friends back home and thank them for all the support they've given me along the way. All the best in the playoffs here with Huntsville, Jeremy. Good to have you on the show. Awesome. Thank you very much. Right on. That is Jeremy Barons joining us tonight. If you want to look him up, his last name is pronounced Barons, but it's spelled like Beerness, B-E-I-R-N-E-S. If you want to check him out on HockeyDB or online, his Huntsville team did lose their playoff opener last night 3-1, so they'll be trying to stay alive tomorrow night on home ice. But uh, that was fun to catch up in, Jeremy. What a story. Played hockey in Australia for a bit. And, uh, yeah, you heard the penalty minute totals. He had 344 one year in the AJ, 275 in this regular season with uh, Huntsville. And, you know, pretty modest about it, though. Uh, I, I do believe he is the champ in the SBHL this season. couple of texts to uh, 630-630. Topher Allen says, can the Oilers sign this guy? <laughs> I don't know if that's an option. But we'll see. And uh, Lyle from Red Deer says, My buddy Troy Seibel played for the Huntsville Channel Cats in the SHL and CHL between 95 and 99 as their goaltender. They love their hockey there. He became a fireman and still lives there. That is Lyle from Red Deer. Maybe I have to try to get Troy on the show. That'd be cool. I guess an ex-player, but he, he settled in Huntsville. Had such a good experience. Cool stuff. Love doing the Living the Dream segment. We'll keep going with that in the weeks to come here on Inside Sports. The Chicago Blackhawks have scored. We will tell you who when we get back. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. And they drop the puck. Kane got it to the right point. Kane fires. Score! Duncan Keith with a hammered shot from the right point. The flex through traffic and passed Elliott. It took the Blackhawks almost 100 minutes to score in this playoff series. But Duncan Keith back in the lineup after six games out. Drove it past Elliott high into the top shelf. And the Hawks have tied it at one. All right, so there it is, 1-1. That's a goal right at the end of the second period. Blues and Blackhawks, 1-1. What's going on with the Lightning in the wings there, Kellen? Well, it's 5-2 Lightning with just a minute left in the third, so Lightning will take a 2-0 series lead in, in that one. But, uh, man, scrum out in front of Bishop. I'm just watching a replay right now. Bishop looks like he goes out and plays the puck. And, yeah, just pushing and shoving out in front. And we had a full-fledged uh, line brawl. Uh, now. A line brawl by today's standards. Yeah. It wasn't a five-on-five, gloves-off fight. No, this is free-on-free, but uh, you'll see highlights of Justin Abdelkader really taking it to Nikita Kucherov in this uh, fight. Like, Abdelkader looked like he was George St. Pierre or Randy Couture in an <laughs> MMA fight. <laughs> All right. Had the, the full mount going and everything. So so 5-2 Lightning, they're going to win that one? Yeah. To go up 2-0 uh, in the series. Panthers leading the game against the Islanders, 2-0. That's almost halfway through the third period. Predators and Ducks still to come tonight. The uh, Blue Jays down 5-3 to the Red Sox. That is now in the top of the eighth. We'll keep you updated on everything going on tonight. Of course, we are uh, already sort of getting ready for the NHL draft. That's going to be in Buffalo 
last weekend in June. I know Bob Stoffer had Rocky Thompson on the show today. He used to be with the Oilers uh, farm team. He's now the coach of Windsor in the Ontario Hockey League. One of his defensemen, Mikhail Sergachev, ranked eighth among North American skaters in Central Scouting's final rankings. Sergachev had 57 points in 67 games this season, and Rocky Thompson says Sergachev started slow but then turned it on. We were concerned. Just, I mean, he was only 17, but he was going to be our first unit power play guy. But after the beginning, I ended up shifting um, Mikhail Sergachev off the first unit power play. His head wasn't up. He, he wasn't getting a lot of his shots through. He has a heavy, heavy shot. Um, but we were quite consistent. Uh, my associate coach, uh, Trevor Latowski, would, would take um, Sergeyev out every morning. Um, as you know, in the, you know, in the Western League or the OHL, you, you get the early ice. We have our own rink here. So we could do a lot of skill development early in the day before the kids from school would get there. And then it just clicked. His head got up. He started walking the blue line. And then his point total started going through the roof. He did have a dynamic skill set, very good one-on-one skates extremely well he's six foot two he, he's about 210 pounds so he has a good frame to him um but that offensive blue line that is so important when you're a top tip pick for the national hockey league you need to be able to run a power play you need to be able to walk the blue line um by the end of the season i didn't see another person in our league that was uh um better than him i know joe levy is close with the london knights and i think he's a, a very good defenseman but in my opinion Sergeyev's the top defenseman in the league. That's what Chipren included by far. All right. Well, Rocky Thompson obviously biased, but there's a, there's another guy a little lower down in the rankings, but could still go in the top ten or twelve. Where will the Oilers pick? Of course, we don't know. Thirteen and a half percent chance in the lottery to get the first pick. Then they will draw two more teams after that. So the Oilers could pick first, second, third, fourth or fifth, they would drop all the way down to fifth if neither they nor the Toronto Maple Leafs were drawn in the top three because uh, the Leafs, uh, the lowest they could fall is fourth if they're not drawn in the lottery. Anyway, that uh, draft lottery coming up, well, half a month away. It'll be on April 30th. This is Inside Sports on 630. Ched, little uh, tidbit today I found interesting. The Tour of Alberta, you know, the uh, cycling race, mm-hmm. they announced the uh, the, the uh, host communities, stages four and five, the final two stages of that event, are both going to be in Edmonton. Stage four on September 4th will be uh, will wrap up in Horlick Park, which is interesting. It'll finish on the same day, on the same site as the ITU World Triathlon. So two huge events will go through Horlick Park in the same day. Stage five for the Tour of Alberta, also in Edmonton. It'll be a 121K race, 11 laps through Edmonton, mostly through downtown, using Churchill Square as the start finish. So uh, already getting ready there for stuff going on in the fall. All right, still ahead. Morley Scott to preview the Eskimos show. We'll keep you updated on the playoff scores. Ed Ilnicki, running back for the U of A Golden Bears, will tell you why he is coming up to a very important part of his career that could dictate whether or not he plays pro football and John Stanton from the running room with some running and fitness advice as we move along and take you to the weekend on Inside Sports. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.